2: few men have made more of an impact for God than R.G. Flexon. He was born in 1895, saved at the age of six, called to preach at the age of 13, and he said that in his lifetime of service and ministry to God, he held over 442 revivals, preached at approximately 150 camp meetings, and by himself dug out more than 50 churches for his denomination. I know you'll enjoy this sermon, which was preached at a God's Bible School and College chapel service back in 1976, and he titles it, Get Involved in Soul Winning. This is our last chapel for this year, and it has certainly been a pleasure and a privilege to be a pastor during the year, I've enjoyed ministering to you. I don't know how much you have enjoyed the ministry. As I've kept kept a record this year, I wanted to find out how you're enjoying it. And I think out of the student body, only ten of the students have told me that they appreciate the messages or enjoyed them. Only ten out of the student body. Well, if you had a a church of 250 members, and in a whole year only 10 of them told you that they enjoyed your ministry, you'd begin to think they didn't. But I certainly appreciate the privilege of being your pastor and ministering to you. But this morning, being the last chapel, I'd like to, if possible, speak to you on something that might help you to keep the victory during the year. I know we're going to have some casualties. There are always tragedies and always casualties in every student body. Last year, we sent some students out to the Indian work, thinking we'd chosen the best out of the student body, or at least some of the best out of the student body to go to the indians but the other day one of those girls who went out to the indians came walking up this ramp with shorts on and i wonder how many casualties we're going to have out of this student body young folks that will not mind god will not after they get out of school to what they ought to do to increase their spiritual life and to keep spiritual. Now, Brother Adcock spoke to you the other morning relative to some things would help you to keep the victory during the summer months. And I'd like to speak to you on something else, only on a different line. And I'd like to speak on the subject of getting involved in the work of God or getting involved in soul winning. If you get involved in trying to win somebody else to God, you'll keep the victory yourself. The reason we lose the victory so rapidly is because we're selfish and want to look after ourselves. But in Acts 1 8 it says, And ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now witnessing is different from testifying. Testifying is what we do in the meeting house. Witnessing is what we do out there to the world. And we're trying to lead them to Jesus Christ. But notice that the text says that you'll witness in Jerusalem, that's at home, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't talk about being missionaries or preachers if you can't witness at home, if you just can't begin at home to help your own people to get to God. At that time, I could dwell on that longer, but I don't have time. But I was attracted to God's Bible school 64 years ago. Two things attracted me to this school. One was that the students that I met at that time could quote scripture. They could quote chapter after chapter, not only quote it, but they could explain it. They understood the word of God. They had memorized it. They could give it out, and they could explain it. And we find another thing that attracted me was that they had a program of personal evangelism. Every Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon, the students had to go, not just those who volunteered, but it was something that was called for, necessary for all the students to get out pass out tracts, and to witness to people on several different levels. That was certainly attractive to me. You see that sign back there? This school is called a training home. Not just a college where you learn some things out of a book in the classroom, but where you're trained to get out from the school and do personal work. And become a soul winner. But this morning, I'd like to notice that there are several different levels that you and I can witness on, several different levels that we can become soul winners on. Now, I certainly believe in mass evangelism. It's been a big part of my life. But nevertheless, I also believe in personal evangelism, getting out from the four walls of the church and winning people to God where I find them. I was saved at the age of six in a little mission hall at 11 o'clock at night, the 30th day of May. I knew when it happened. It was just as clear to me then as it is this morning. The next afternoon, my father, who ran two city rescue missions at that time, was preaching in one of them, and I was sitting on the platform as a child. he gave the altar call standing at the back seat was a great big six footer had a songbook in his hand trying to sing the holy ghost said to me as a child of six and remember i hadn't been saved 24 hours yet you go back and invite that man to the altar i didn't hesitate i walked back and looked up looked up at his face and said mister don't you want to come to the altar and give your heart to jesus christ he just ignored me and held the songbook a little higher and sang a little louder but I wasn't to be outdone by that I climbed on the bench alongside of him put my arms around his neck my mouth near his ear and said mister don't you want to come to the altar and give your heart to Jesus Christ with that he dropped the songbook on the bench in front of him picked me up in his arms carried me down the long aisle put me on this side of the altar He kneeled on that side and prayed through and found God. Tonight day, he's shouting in heaven. He lived for God until God took him to heaven. That was the first one that I won to God. I've been on the job ever since, trying to win people to Jesus Christ. That's my life. My prayer, I say, Lord, if I can no longer win men to God, take me to heaven. I don't want to live when I can't be a soul winner. Since that time, don't think I'm boasting, but to encourage your faith, God has given me over 120,000 souls. Many of them have been won by personal evangelism, going out and finding them on the streets, or finding them in the stores, or finding them in their homes, and leading them to Jesus Christ. So we ought to learn to do personal work in the meeting. Sunday morning, they did ask me to preach on something evangelistic, and I did. We had more sinners in the service Sunday morning than I've seen in a homeless church in years. When I gave the altar call, there was much conviction. I asked the Christians if they wouldn't get out of the seats and go back and invite those sinners to come to God. Do you think I got any? Brother Gilbert was with me, and he got out did some personal work, but the rest of them fell on their knees and began to pray for God to do what God expected them to do. We expect God to do things that God's left in our hands to do. Do you know why we're not getting sinners, raw sinners, to the altar? It's because the Christians are so disinterested in their souls that they will not go back and invite them to come to an altar and get right with God. You say you'll run them off. We'll damn more by leaving them alone than we'll run off by witnessing to them and trying to get them to God. Some of them are just waiting for an invitation to come. They'll never make a move until they have been invited. Then another level that you can testify to or witness to rather is the street level. The General Superintendent of Pilgrim Holiness Church walking down the street. One day in High Point, North Carolina, down the street just a block, there's a double railroad track, the Southern Railroad, a man coming down the street the other direction. The Holy Ghost said to that preacher, speak to that man about his soul. He turned and looked at him and said, Lord, but I don't know who he is. Went on down the street, the man went down the street the other direction. With his head down, do not know what he was thinking about, of course, but a flyer coming down the railroad, struck him, killed him just like that. Just two minutes after, God said to that preacher, speak to that man. But he said, I don't know him, and went on. If he'd have spoken to him, he wouldn't have been in front of the flyer. Perhaps his soul would be in heaven this morning rather than being in hell. But we lose so many opportunities to speak to people and lead them to Jesus Christ. Then I notice we can witness on the house to house level. Never forget one night I'd had a hard day at the office when I was in the work of God at the office. Went home and so weary and wife and I were sitting at the supper table. The doorbell rang. I said, wife, I'm so weary. Would you answer that bell? And she did. Two young people, teenagers. They were not in the late teens, but early teens. When she opened the door, they didn't say we're having a rally down at our church or Sunday school next Sunday. We'd like for you to come so we can count you. They didn't say we have a nice church building. We'd like for you to come and worship with us. The first thing they said was... Will you let us come in your house and talk to you about Jesus, and tell you about Jesus? My wife said certainly when I heard that I lost my appetite and went in. To the living room we sat down, those young people told us about Jesus, about his life, about his death, about his blood. But they said if you know him you're going to have to repent. He told us how to repent. We sat there and listened like we never heard such a story. And when they'd finished, one the young men said, may we pray with you? I said, certainly. Got on our knees, and he prayed a wonderful prayer. In fact, my soul was blessed as he prayed. When we arose, I shook hands with him, and I said, we've had that kind of experience for many years. He said, what's your name? And I told him my name. Oh, yes, he said, I know. Well, I said, who are you? They said, we're Baptist young people. But we're going to from house to house telling people about Jesus and how to find Jesus Christ. I said, do you ever get rebuffed? I said, the people in the house, a second from here, slammed the door in our face. I said, how does that make you feel? He said, that just stirs a fire in my soul and makes me want to do more of it. Come on, wholeness young people. Do you have that kind of fire burning in your heart? And are you ready to go and get out? witness to people on the house to house level Baptist young people are doing it but wholeness young people try to steer clear of that God help us this morning but they're dying out there they're dying without God we say let them come to church they're not coming to church if we get them we're going to have to go after them preaching in Dover, Delaware Went with a pastor into a home one day, found a man. He said, mister, you're the first person, the first Christian that's been in my home in 14 years. I said, sir, after talking to him about Jesus, do you have any hunger for God? He said, I certainly do. He said, there's hunger in my soul to get right with God. Well, I said, you don't have to wait till you come to church. Let's pray now. You can find him now. That man fell on his knees and began to pray. In a little while, he came up shouting the victory. No Christian had ever gone to his home for 14 years and yet lived all around about him. But the first visit that I made, he found Jesus Christ. I wish that our school here could get our young people to get out oh we like to play and we like to fool around but souls are dying all around about us they're going to help Hell me on rapidly god help us today i hope that when you go back home that you will volunteer in your church and ask your pastor if you can't do something along the line of personal work i'm closing with this though i'm not finished with this thought this morning But I think of that girl in a hotel, in the middle of the night, the hotel took fire and she got out, but all the rest of the people that were in the hotel were burned to death. And when when the building was burning and no one else got out, she walked the streets wring her hand crying, I saved myself, but I didn't do anything to save anybody else. I saved myself, but I didn't do anything to save anybody else. Some people heard her, they said, why should you worry? You got out alive, you're all right, why should you worry about the rest? But I saved myself, and I didn't do anything to save anybody else. Finally, that girl died behind the bars of an insane asylum, wringing her hands and crying, I saved myself, but I didn't do anything to save anybody else. My friend, are you going to have to cry that when you stand before God at judgment? I saved myself, but I didn't do anything to save anybody else. Shall we stand, please?
0: i